So these next couple days we'll be transitioning into a new liturgical season from ordinary time into Lent. And I've got a few more days to figure out what we're going to work on during Lent, what we're going to give up and that type of stuff. Uh, another type of season that we're transitioning into right now is confirmation season, which has never affected me my whole life until, well, now the, the young priests, they go and they're the master of ceremonies. So just in a few hours, I'll be going out to Father Mano's parish and, and Christ the King and DeKalb, and I'll be there with the bishop for the third time doing confirmations this week. I'd only been to like three confirmations in my whole life, and now I've gone three times in a week, which is a lot. But uh, it's great to be able to spend some time with the bishop, get to see the excitement of the young uh, men and women who are coming into this huge step in their faith, the last endowment, spiritual grace, stirring up of the Holy Spirit and confirmation. And as you know, there's, they're taking on the saints, one of the things they'll talk about. You know, in this homily, the bishop will ask, you know, has anyone got St. Francis? I've heard his homily a few times. So I've pretty much got it down now. <laughs> Does anyone have St. Francis? Somebody always raises their hand. Great. Why did you, why did you pick St. Francis? Well, because I like animals and he likes animals. So I thought it'd be a pretty, good, a pretty good saint to pick. Great. You nailed it. That was exactly what I didn't want you to say. But thank you <laughs> for being stereotypical. And then he, he, he tells a little bit about St. Francis. We know the Pope is named Francis, but we always see that guy with, with a little chipmunk on his shoulder and not the bird on his shoulder and the chipmunk feeding out of his hand. But he was such an interesting character. And he really, so much of what we're trying to do in Lent, he personified in his life and his relationship with Christ. So real quick review. We all know St. Francis. But he lived in the 1200s in a small town, Assisi, couple hours north of Rome, and he came from one of the most wealthy families in the whole town. His father had a linens and fabrics and textiles. He's essentially like the 1215 version of Prada. So St. Francis was always looking very good. He had the right clothes and he loved looking great. Always had money in his pockets. He would take his friends, they'd go to the pizzeria, they'd have pizza, and soda, and he'd pay for it all. And he loved everyone having a good time. And everyone loved Francis. And Francis loved being loved by everyone. And it was always like, how, how can I increase my popularity? Um, and at the time, you know, 1200s, it was all about being a knight. The towns, they would have these little skirmishes amongst themselves, and the men would go off, and they would fight, and they would wear the the colors of the town. It was like football in 1200s. You go and you fight. So he became a knight. And he went, he had his outfit, his uniform, his knight on a horse. It didn't go well, like at all. There's a famous statue of Assisi of him returning from war. And it's one of the saddest things. He's just like all stooped over. He's injured. He's on his horse. Can't be a knight. So he starts reading scripture, starts diving into his relationship with Christ. He starts to realize everything that he was lifting up, it wasn't, it wasn't satisfying. He was taking so much for granted. Ultimately led to him forsaking everything 
in front of the bishop, but more importantly, in front of his father, saying, I don't want this. I reject the world. And he became that, that Franciscan that we know. He began to develop that spirituality of everything he needed. He would go and he would beg for food, for any materials he needed, for what he was doing, his work for the church. And those people that he was gallivanting around the city with, that he was paying for their parties and good times and hanging out, they still loved Francis. And all of a sudden, he had this, this deep connection with reality. There was something different about him. And it was attractive, his peace and his joy. And the same people who were, who were, who were living it up forsake the world with it, forsook the world and, and, and adopted this Franciscan spirituality of just giving up the world. In Lent, we have the opportunity, as it said in the second readings, to realize that everything is from God, that anything in our life where the priorities is out of whack, where we try to put, try to get more out of uh, the things of the world, it's just not going to happen. So f almsgiving, prayer, and fasting are the three things that the church give us in Lent to work on that, to recognize, to detach a little bit, to step back, and to see the big picture. So real quickly, talking about these three things, fasting is everyone's favorite thing to do. No one likes food, so it's just a great time to not, to not eat. No, I'm kidding. But... This is a, a good thing that we do to distance ourselves a little bit from food. And what's interesting is that the church has been doing this since the beginning. Think of John the Baptist out there with the lo eating the locusts and the honey. Jesus going off into the desert for 40 days. The desert fathers going and living that nomadic lifestyle. And nowadays it's like it's the fad diet. The scientists got together and was like, all right, how can people lose weight? All right, if you don't eat anything for a long time, you're going to lose weight. <laughs> it's intermittent fasting. It's like very popular amongst people, I guess. But who would have thought that like science is, is now coming to a certain realization that our bodies weren't intended just to shove nutrients down our throat at every hour of the day. And it's actually beneficial to take breaks from eating. There's a couple different things that happen. One, food tastes better when you're not eating all the time, I can tell you that. You're going to enjoy life, the little things. You're not going to take them for granted. The smallest little morsel, by just giving up a few things, it's going to allow you to enjoy life more. But then in that, you're also you're able to say no to the body a little bit. To say no, it's not all about this world. There's something more. There's something deeper. And that's what I was created for. So we have fasting and almsgiving. Obviously, there's financial aspects of that, and we're all encouraged to give back what God has given to us, but it's not, it's not just financial. There's time, there's talent, and then treasure. At that time. Think about the gospel. It's so easy to spend time with people we love to love the people we love. 
We're called to love our enemies. I don't know how many arch nemesis you have, but to love a stranger, to see Christ and someone that he puts in your life. We all have the opportunity every single day, whether it's at Target or walking down the street, downtown St. Charles, or maybe even just after mass, of like looking someone in the eye and asking them, how are you? What's going on in your life? Seeing Christ in that person. Wow. If we all did that one time a day, it would change this community. To intentionally love someone. To donate a small portion of your time. And just to recognize the dignity of what's before you. And lastly, prayer that that ongoing conversation with God, that understanding that the whole purpose of Lent is to detach from the world, to attach to God. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to commune with us. That time-free carelessness, that is prayer. And the most important way, other than the sacraments, Mass, is Scripture. Brothers and sisters, to take 10 minutes every day to read the Word of God. Pick a gospel, chapter 1. Go through it. If you get through it by the end of Lent, start over. Do it again. You're never going to exhaust it. It's a love letter written to us from God. It was written for you. And he wants, he wants to talk to you. So brothers and sisters, a few, for, few short days before Lent begins. And I just ask you, as we receive the communion, ask the Holy Spirit how you want to incorporate a little bit, a little bit of fasting, a little bit of almsgiving, a little bit of prayer to deepen your relationship with Christ. So that this Lent as we pray for each other, be the best Lent of our lives, to sanctify our families, our parish, and this community. So let's pray for each other and have a great Lent.